So I served a congregation in Lexington, and every year right around Easter, a very strange sight happened. This was back a few years ago. A woman would enter church with a mask on. Now we don't think that that's quite so different, but back then it was something out of the ordinary. This woman was here every single Sunday, but around Easter, she entered with a mask on. She would make her way to the very front of the sanctuary and sit in her normal pew, about two from the very front in the center section. And if you asked her why she had on the mask at this time, she said, I love being in church. But whenever the lilies are out at church, I can't breathe. She loved being in church, and she loved the smell of lilies and about, and especially the flowers that were present. But when the whole sanctuary front was covered in lilies, it was too much for her, and she couldn't breathe. Do smells have that kind of thing on you? Is there something mentally that you remember when it comes to smells? I definitely remember. I don't have like a very well-tuned nose, but there are things that I remember. My grandmother Ossie's trailer was one of those places. Whenever I entered it, the smells of her house just absolutely consumed me and it took me back as a kid. I still remember. First off, you could smell if she was cooking, and it always seemed like there was something that was cooking in her house. But you could smell it. Sometimes I'd wake up in the morning, and I think I mentioned this before, but her, the trailer that she lived in, um, when my brother and I went to stay with my parents, we would sleep out in the living room, and her kitchenette was right next to it. And so I'd wake up in the morning to the smell of bacon and eggs and biscuits. But there was also something else. My grandma gave the best hugs, and she also gave me those kisses that, you know, when they give them to you, the lipstick stays on your face. <laughs> I love my grandma's kisses. She was also one of those mouth kissers as well sometimes with me. A little too much, but I still loved it. But when grandma came in and she gave me that kiss and, and that hug, I could smell that smell. Now... I don't know if it was a perfume or a powder that she used. My parents have mentioned it before that that was one of the things that she asked for whenever it came time for Christmas or her birthday, this special kind of powder that she splurged on. Whenever she was close, I could smell it. I can still smell it today. It just smells like home, like love. Do you have smells that you remember? I mean, I've been a youth minister. I've been on a ski trip on a bus with middle school boys. Oh, my goodness gracious, we were playing cards, and something came wafting around. I was like, whoa! I mean, it was like almost getting smacked upside the head, and I looked over, <laughs> and Stephen was like, dude, sorry. I was like, oh, man, look, you got to warn us here. I mean, so do you have those smells? Do you have those smells? Teachers out there, I'm sure you've smelled it before as well, you know. 
Are there other smells? Is it maybe being outside in springtime? I mean, Kentucky is, is famous for this. We can smell it and then our noses start to run or we're coughing. I mean, we're in the midst of COVID right now and we're in, in, at the end of it, but everybody's like coughing and everything because of everything's in bloom. But we can still smell it. And we, we can sense when we smell those things that spring is just around the corner. Smells are an incredibly powerful memory. And when we're able to do those things, it anchors us to the story, to the time, to the place, the person. Today in our story, smell plays a big part. I lit the candle this morning. Some of you may have smelled it as you came in today. It was one that I found uh, this weekend, when, uh, this week while we were away for a few days for spring break, but it just had that beautiful scent to it. It was not something that was normal, like vanilla or like cookies. I mean, you can get all kinds of candles today, you know about this, you know, and, but this one seemed to have a sense of presence to it, but was not overpowering, but still you could hang on to it. Well, the story that we have today tells about how Mary anoints Jesus' feet with nard. This is an incredibly expensive perfume, but it was also one that was incredibly powerful and pungent because it was used to cover up the, the smell of the deceased. And so using that much nard would have filled the room just with this scent that would have been undeniable. And the reality is, is that for Mary to barge in in the midst of this dinner conversation around the table and to anoint Jesus' feet is definitely something that causes a ruckus. In fact, as the story was read today by Marcy, it bothered even Judas. But Jesus... Jesus knows that this is a special moment, and he wants to hang on to it. Our story today we've, we have comes from the Gospel of John. This is one of those stories that is found in all four of the Gospels. Okay? It's found in Matthew, it's found in Mark, Luke, and in John. Interesting enough, though, all four Gospels tell it in a little bit of a different way. John is the only gospel that names the woman. John gives us details that they're in Martha's home. And Martha is there preparing the meal, making sure that everything is taken care of. She's in charge. Hosting and making sure that everybody has what they need. Her brother Lazarus, who's just been raised from the dead a few, just a little bit earlier than this, is there at the table with Jesus. And they're talking. And it's there that Martha's sister Mary enters the space. This is the same person that was at Jesus' feet learning and hearing what he had to teach about earlier on. These three brothers and sisters, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, all live together here in Bethany. And it is in their home that this takes place. Matthew and Mark place this story in Simon the leper's home. 
Now, where it's placed, we don't exactly know. It was probably not Bethany, but probably in the area of that. Bethany is a village, and probably it was in a little bit of a larger city. And the way that they each tell the story varies. Tell, the way they tell the story varies a little bit, but it is the clo- they're the two that are the closest that the woman comes in, and she anoints Jesus' head with oil. Luke tells the story, but here, Jesus is at the home of Simon the Pharisee. And it is here that an unnamed woman comes in, and it is here that she, she cries on Jesus' feet and wipes away the tears with her hair and anoints his body for burial. Four different stories, three women unnamed, one a close companion of Jesus. But they all tell the story about the way a woman can serve and share this act of kindness with Jesus. It's interesting because there, you know, folks jump on this thing. They're like, well, what they just, you could have sold this stuff. You could have sold the perfume and made all this money so that you could feed the poor, so that you could do all this other stuff. This act is, is demeaning in the fact that they get down and they wash his feet with their hair. And people want to push it away, especially those that are in there. It makes them uncomfortable to see a woman serving this way and sharing kindness. But in this story, Jesus invites us to see it for what it is. An incredibly beautiful and tender moment that someone pours out love and grace and kindness to another. These acts of kindness and beauty that are performed in this way, my prayer is that they can remind us that we have a calling as well. It's, It's beautiful that John names Mary. I think that that gives her power. That gives her a sense of 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 ownership of ministry. It gives her a, this space and it names her and that's so beautiful and it's so needed because in many of the stories within the biblical scriptures, we find that women go unnamed. I also appreciate it though as well that this woman is unnamed and that maybe we can see ourselves in that place as well. That the woman that shared this in Luke's gospel, or the one in Matthew, or in in Mark's, she could be us as well. And that we have a calling, just as she did, to go out into the world and share gifts of love and compassion and beauty and kindness each and every day. My favorite verse 
in the Bible is kind of right around this story. Just a little bit earlier, remember I mentioned that Lazarus was raised from the dead, and Jesus shows up after he's been placed in the tomb, and the the stone has been rolled away. And so Jesus comes and he says, roll the stone away. And if you remember, this very incredibly powerful and poignant verse comes up. They say, Jesus, you don't want to do that. And here's the verse. He stinketh. That's in the King James. He stinketh. They know that the smell that is in that tomb of the person who is rotting, who is dying, this horrible thing that has happened is going to remind them all over again when they remove that stone and that, that, that smell comes wafting out. They're going to know and they're going to remember how horrible this experience was. And it's bad enough that they're grieving, but then they have to deal with this stench. But they roll the stone away and Lazarus walks out. In our world, we have horrible things that happen. There are just things that we don't understand, things that we can't explain, things that we don't want to have to go through. We know it when we hear stories or we know friends that have had to lay a child, a little child, into the ground after they've passed away from a sickness. We know that there are terrible terrible things that are happening right now in certain places that are happening because of violence. We recognize that there are horrible things that happen when we are betrayed, when we lose folks that we love. Still in the midst of this, in the midst of these painful and horrible situations, we can smell and we can see beauty happening around us. Because not only do we have the smells of death and pain and heartache around us, but we also have these smells of beauty that come as well. And this is the thing. We may not be able to stop cancer from ravaging the body of someone that we love, someone who may die far too young. We may not have the ability to take away the pain of losing a mate or a spouse or someone that we love so very much. We may not have a a way of stopping violence that happens seemingly a world away but is on our television sets all the time. We may not be able to to do that. The poor will always be with us. The horrible things will always be around. But in the midst of that, we can do something. We, the unnamed, seemingly cast aside people in this world, can do something. We can spread God's love one tiny act at a time. I'm sure that when Mary knelt down at Jesus' feet, and she anointed them. She didn't know if that story would be told year after year after year after year. If she would be lifted up as someone who showed God's grace and love and mercy and kindness in this way. But here's the thing. She didn't do it for that. 
She did it because she had love in her heart. She had followed Jesus around. She had seen what he had done. And she tried to pattern her life after that. You can make a difference. Your small acts of kindness and beauty can change the world. And we never know when you might be that unnamed woman, that person who gives us a new way of seeing things. We are called, and I pray that we're ready to answer that. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.